Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts all of us. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. Join us on Facebook at The Broadband Bunch and see the latest episodes, news, and photos. The Broadband Bunch, as always, sponsored by ETI Software. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Broadband Bunch. I'm Craig Corbin. Thanks so much for joining us. Nearly 70 years ago, Taylor Telephone Cooperative now Taylor Telecom, was formed with the express purpose of providing high-quality, essential telecommunications services to rural West Central Texas. With a service area spanning 2,000 square miles, including 14 cities and nine counties, Taylor Telecom has a strong tradition of excellence in telecommunications, providing internet, phone, and television services. They've also undertaken the ambitious goal of deploying fiber to the home to all of their customers and have already surpassed the halfway mark to that target. Joining us today to talk about this exciting effort and everything else going on at Taylor, Taylor Telecom's controller, Amanda Hofer. Amanda, welcome to the Broadband Bunch. Thank you for having me. This is fun. It is so exciting to be able to, to talk with you and there is so much going on in the world of telecommunications and we want to learn about that. But before we get started, for those who are not familiar with Taylor Telecom, give us that 30,000-foot overview, and then also we'll explore a little bit about how you wound up as part of the Taylor team. Yeah, so here at Taylor, um, we have really experienced exceptional growth um, and exponential growth here. Uh, the last three years, we've had major influx from out of state, which is great for, for the company and great for uh, Texas and the region, you know, having all that extra money flow in. So it's really um, brought a lot of new growth and challenges, both with customers and bandwidth utilization, as well as, you know, now competition. Um, but we started out like all the other telephone co-ops, just offering telephone, and that was our bread and butter. And then we offer dial-up and then DSL, and now we're into fiber and have been for... Uh, about 15 years now, which doesn't seem possible, but um, we've we've been in the fiber industry for a long time, and uh, just uh, like most telcos, re I don't want to say refuse, but didn't see the benefit to marketing and sales, and um, a lot of our growth has been not only from outside, but you know from the marketing and sales, which I know we'll get into here in a little sure. bit. So absolutely, absolutely <laughs> that, but that's kind of. Um, the quick and dirty history of Taylor, just, um, you know, just traditional telephone co-op that uh, has a lot of growth. And so that's made us change our focus and um, we're still customer focused. Absolutely. But, you know, definitely going more in the competitive market and um, what that looks like instead of a traditional telephone co-op. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And, and there's certainly an evolution going on in so many parts of this communications world. But before we launch into that and, and with uh, specifics to uh, to Taylor Telecom, give us the overview of how you wound up as part of the Taylor Telecom family. So what happened was um, I started off in um, the cellular world. And so I worked for a local regional 
uh, cellular provider um, that's probably two hours away from Abilene and um, worked there for about eight years, left the industry for a little bit and then went to um, a bill vendor since that was who they converted to and was working for them and helped with Taylor's conversion. And um, like the old adage goes, you never know who your next boss is going to be. Uh, Steve Singletary, our GM, and uh, our previous controller called me and said, hey, I know you're from this area. Do you want to move back? Because um, the previous controller was retiring. And I said, sure, that's that's great. Uh, so they they offered me the job just from, from that um, conversion standpoint and me coming down and helping with that and just knowing that I was from the area. So um, again, you never know what doors are going to open or who you're going to meet and the industry is so small that um, again, you never know where it's going to come from. So that's how I ended up at Taylor, um, just uh, happenstance and right timing, but um, love every minute of it being here. That's great. And of course, Taylor Telecom located in Merkel, uh, Texas, right in the heart of Texas there in, in uh, Taylor County. And I know that, uh, you know, any co-op, telco co-op that's been around for 70 years, there is so much tradition and and so much uh, that's built into serving the community, but, but also part of that becomes uh, the way of doing things uh, with regard to providing services. And uh, I know that we talked about the evolution going on in the world of communications and broadband delivery, uh, and evolution also means that change has to happen. Talk about change with respect to providing services in that market for Taylor Telecom. Oh, that's <laughs> such such a uh, nice and lovely conversation to have. Um, but no, here at, at Taylor, like you mentioned, most telephone co-ops um, have the um, legacy employees who have been there 30, 40 years. Um, when I started, I think our average um, tenure for all of our employees was 32 and a half years. I wow. Think. And so we had a lot of knowledge and experience um, and also with that is um, set in the way of this is how I've always done it. And this is how I'm always going to do it. And nobody needs more than two meg of internet. And, um, you know, so we had that legacy issue that pretty much all telephone co-ops have. And, and I say that um, nicely and gently having worked with a lot of them on the billing uh, software side of things. And, um, you know, everybody thinks that they're unique when, but when you see it from the 3,000, you know, <laughs> foot view, it's like, oh, okay, so you can point out, okay, so you're the 911 records person because they all have the same <laughs> attitude or you're the, sure. the warehouse manager or you're, you're this or that because they all tend to have the same um, key attitudes or key um, features about them, which is funny that whether you're in Texas or New York or South Dakota, that you can usually pick out those employees and what position they're in. Um, so that's always been fun and interesting to, to see. And so we did have that legacy issue of who moved my cheese and I don't want to do anything new and different. <laughs> and um, everybody knows who we are because we're the telephone co-op. Sure. Um, and, and so I kind of rocked a lot of people's world when I came in and said, okay, so you're not special. You're not different. You're not unique. The only thing that makes you unique is that you're in Abilene and you're not in, you know, Bismarck, North Dakota or, you know, wherever. And um, 
Idaho or Ohio, or it, it doesn't matter. Everybody in the telco industry is going through the same thing. But historically, um, our industry, I think we seem to think that we're all isolated and our own little island and our, our situation's unique when usually we're not. <laughs> we well, just- well, and Amanda, you know, to that point, though, is it correct that, that a part of that, uh, the changing of the, the mindset when we talk about uh, the challenge there is that for so long, for decades, the primary service provided was good old, you know, pot service, plain old telephone service. And now yes, it's fiber. Absolutely. And that's, um, again, whenever I started and, and I came in and um, coming from the competitive side and just general retail side of things, having worked for big box companies as well all through high school and college, you know, I said, okay, well, what's our take rate? And they're like, uh, I, what do you mean take rate? You know, <laughs> they had never really done any um, analytics because again, you're the the telephone company. And for 60 years, everybody knew when you moved into a house, you called the telephone company and you knew how to find a phone book and you knew who to call and how to use a phone book and how to use a phone. Well, you know, the last 15 years, nobody uses a landline phone anymore. Um, nobody knows if you're not AT&T, suddenly Comcast, Verizon, they don't know that you exist. They just assume that if they move out to the country that nothing exists out there. Um, and so when I first did the penetration rates, again, coming in from outside world, I was like, okay, yeah, we're the telephone co-op. Everybody seems to know us because that's what everybody told me everybody knew us the penetration rates, we were sitting at like 45%. And I was like, uh, wow. <laughs> tell me that my math is wrong. And they're like, oh yeah, you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, well, here's my data. Can you, can you show me where I'm wrong? And they looked and they're like, uh, oops. Yeah. And then it just kind of like trailed off. Like, uh, oh, we're just going to ignore that because yeah, no, we were about 45%, you know, and again, walking into it, I assumed, you know, well, surely we had to be around 80%. Well, no, we were pretty low. Um, and so that's really where marketing and being less of the, um, like making more to do about what we do for the community was sure. really important um, because we spend a lot of money um, supporting local communities and local events and, you know, um, 4-H events and little leagues, but we never, we humbly did it and just said, okay, well, we're just going to going to give you money, but it doesn't really matter if our logo's on it. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to pay you money. I want my logo on it. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, Amanda, though, that speaks directly to the the change into a competitive mindset. Uh, when you're having to respond to market uh, situations, uh, when you have competitors that you're going head to head with, would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And that's, um, I know I've been asked several different times just in general or um, just, you know, what what would you have changed or done differently or how could you have hedged off competition? Um, and honestly, I say if I could go back five or 10 years um, and start marketing then, that would have hedged off, I think, all of our competition. Um, we are and still are to a certain degree still confused with the electric co-op locally because we're both Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only is we're Taylor Telecommunications and they're Taylor Electric Co-op, you know, and so all they hear is Taylor. So before they were our, our fiber competition and internet service pro, um, provider competition, 
they would call and say, hey, I want internet service. And they say, oh, that's the telephone co-op call down there. Well, now that their competitors are like, oh yeah, that, that's us. We'll be happy to help you. Um, and so had we been able to hedge off competition ahead of time before um, suddenly, you know, started looking at our area before um, access or, you know, the wireless carriers, there's I think four or five different wireless carriers throughout our service area. And all of that honestly was done because we let them come in. And that's really my biggest um, thing that I'm most passionate about is that for 15 years, as long as I've been in the industry, everybody's been saying, you guys need to advertise more. You need to market more. You need to get your name out there more. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Cause we're the telephone co-op, <laughs> nobody, everybody knows who we are. And 15 years later, I'm going, dude, if we would have just started, you know, spending $500 or a thousand dollars on marketing 15 years ago, I wouldn't have to spend the ungodly amount that we've had to spend the last three years to get our name out there and to start rebranding and to start from scratch and really hedge off competition. You know, again, the old adage of if you start saving $5 a month when you're 20, sure. <laughs> a lot of money and you can be a millionaire by the time you're 50. Well, same goes for marketing. The longer that your name's out there and the more that you can get it out there in front of people, it really pays off um, in the long run. It's not a dollar for dollar, you know, day for day. So if I spend a dollar today, I get a dollar return tomorrow. It's spend a dollar today and it you'll get it back in, you know, a year or two years, six months. You know, so it's hard for a lot of companies and co-ops who have not spent money before right. in marketing to, to see that correlation. But that's really what has competition kind of running away from us now. Now that for the last three years, we have our name out there. We are pushing so hard. We're, you know, out there showing who we are. And people say, hey, I want you. I want you in our area. And people beg us all the time to come into Abilene. And we're like, we're only so big. We, we can only, <laughs> you know, we would love to be in Abilene. But there's realistically, we can't. But we have that huge drive from Abilene because they see our name and our company and our logo and that brand recognition. And you're getting that top of the mind awareness that is so important with a rebranding. And that's that's something that, that obviously was a huge transition. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. You are listening to the Broadband Bunch and our guest. Amanda Hofer, the controller with Taylor Telecom, you talk about the the, the rebranding and, and all that has gone into that. And when you go from decades of being known as Taylor Telephone Cooperative to Taylor Telecom, I mean, that's that's part of that huge mindset shift internally, let alone what you're trying to accomplish externally with the marketplace. Um, from your perspective, how has that transition been received both internally and then in the marketplace? Um, internally, it was, um, a, I don't want to say a little hard, you know, it was, it, it's been a lot of changes since I started out here. Um, when, when you started asking, why do you do this? And let's, let's change when um, we haven't made changes for 50 years, you know, it, it's, it's hard to swallow, but after three years with our rebrand and, and our logo and our image and where we're heading. Um, it didn't take long for our employees to get on board. Um, you know, our, our old logo was pretty old and outdated. It was a yellow cloud with, um, I, I think it was like <laughs> an old um, wall hanging headset. Right. Like the long 
the, the cord um, was around the, the um, cloud. And so it was very heavy in the, the telephone. Sure. Um, so they realized that we were losing lines. Nobody wanted a telephone line. So they, they understood. And it, like I said, maybe took six months for people to kind of get settled in and used to the new name and rebrand. And um, so our employees took great to it. Um, our customers, we really tried to get out ahead of it so that they knew, so that they didn't think we sold. We still have a lot of people who think we sold and we're now part of some major corporation that um, because we changed our name, I said, no, it's still the same same people. We're just growing, but we're, we're still the telephone co-op. We're still who we were at the core. We've just changed our image to fit where customers need us to be and where we see the future being. Right. Um, we're not stuck in the the 40s and 50s and now we're really into the 2020s. Well, <laughs> so, and, and to that to that point though Amanda, the the what what is still consistent though is the commitment and investment in the community that you know you talk about uh, the sponsoring of of scholarships and the 4H club and I'm you know that's the sort of thing that uh, is is part of service to a community and and having the the heart of a servant but when you combine that with uh, a more aggressive sales oriented approach with uh, knowing that you now have competition for for the market share that's a big transition uh, for for some to make but it's it's vital for future success your thoughts on that absolutely um we have just seen um, exponential growth um, in the last three years. I am so flabbergasted every time I see see the numbers because I'm like, you know, I, I knew it, but I didn't, you know, seeing it is sometimes hard to believe that we went from like net 50 new customers a year in 2017 to this year we're projecting over 3,000. Um, just from expansion into CLEC areas that we never did before, um, you know, just corporate core shifts so we no longer re- um, excuse me, require the phone line requirement that we had to have for so long um, that we've de-tariffed and gotten out of a lot of different mechanisms that were kind of holding us back. And it was a scary place because, again, that was our lifeline for so many years. And it was a hard decision for our board and general manager to make to say, okay, yeah, let's cut that revenue source. And because <laughs> they knew everybody wanted to drop their phone line, but you know, it was making that conscientious shift to say, okay, well, um, people are willing to keep paying their monthly rate, but they don't want to pay for things that aren't bringing them value. So if we are able to say, okay, we know you need more internet speed, so let's upgrade you and you're paying us the same price or less than what you were paying before, um, then that makes the customer happy and we're able to retain that revenue. And so everybody's a win-win. So we didn't actually lose revenue when we dropped the phone line requirement, mm-hmm. but that was, you know, the initial shock and what are we going to give up? Um, like most co-ops go through. Sure. Um, I mean, we've just seen, like I said, exponential growth, not only from customers moving into the area, but us just stepping out of our comfort zone and saying, let's take advantage of this. Let's make some changes. Let's advertise, let's grow, let's expand. Um, so it's not just a, a one size, you know, like this one thing is what has caused us to do it. It's just a, a complete corporate shift and mind change 
um, of everybody to say, okay, yeah, if we want to be around for another 60 years, we're going to have to make changes. <laughs> we don't want to be the Kodak. We want to be the Apples. We want to, want to transition. Yeah, to that point, um, the industry as a whole really hasn't done a good job of uh, tooting their own horn. And as a, as a friend of mine used to say, tongue in cheek, toot thine own horn, lest it not be tooted. Um, and, <laughs> you know, there, there's truth in that because uh, there are accolades out there to be so proud of. And with regard to the job that Taylor Telecom has done, I know for the last couple of years, uh, you guys are among the fastest internet providers in the Lone Star State. Uh, that's phenomenal. Uh, talk about that. Yeah. And the funny thing is, so I get a random call from broadbandnow.com, um, you know, and I think it's a standard sell, sales pitch, you know, like, hey, you know, for 500 bucks, you can buy this award. And I was like, well, thanks, but, you know, that's cool. <laughs> but I don't pay you anything for it. And, you know, I know some people have had that experience with Broadband Now or even um, like Yelp and, and other you know, everybody's in it for their own profit and there's a reason why they're doing it. But um, thankfully for us, I, I didn't have to pay for that. And I took full advantage of it and I said, yeah, I'll take those certificates and awards and I'll put it all over everything. Um, so it's been definitely a blessing for us because that's just another way for us to market our name because there's a lot of consumers who go to broadbandnow.com. There's a lot of, um, I think, FCC and Texas PUC references it. So it allows us to get that extra um, face time with people to say, we are here. We are providing fast internet and speeds. Um, and it's not even something that costs us anything. We just um, uploaded a few maps or, or um, shape files on there and said, here's where we offer service. Here's the link to our website, you know, and, and just gave them a little bit of insight. Um, nothing that's competitive, um, advantageous where we don't, that's not already on our website is what I'm trying to say. You know, that it was all public information that we shared with them, but it gave us that leg up against other companies that aren't doing it. Um, and it also gets us in front of regulators and it gets us in front of other people who you never know are going to that site. But I know a lot of people reference it. Mm -hmm. So that's, again, a, a big blessing for us that, um, again, we didn't approach them. They approached us and a lot of it came from 477 data with the FCC um, mm -hmm. I think actually they downloaded all the years and loaded it into their software. And <laughs> from all that information, we were the fastest. <laughs> all right. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take it. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Uh, where's, where's my uh, digital certificate so I can take full abuse of this, but um, you know, but that's, that's what it takes is, you know, um, finding anything and everything that, you know, like you said, you've got to toot your own horn. You've got sure. to find little ways, little wins that you can build. Here's my wall of my self praise. <laughs> this is everything that we've done that, that nobody else cares about until they see. And they're like, Oh, wow. You've really done a lot for the community. You've really sure. done a lot um, in the industry. Um, and again, it's little things, you know, but all the little things add up to really big things when you see, as a big picture. Well said. And, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, mentioned in the uh, the open, the, the fiber to the home uh, project that has been ongoing for, for some time, and, you know, fiber with Taylor Telecom goes all the way back to the first optical ring uh, that was installed in 1994. Then you had internet service in 97. 
became part of the, the statewide fiber network, the, the Texas Lone Star Network in 98. And then I guess in 06, you had fiber to the home uh, for customers in Tuscola. And uh, then uh, I know that the, the goal of being fiber to the home for all your customers, uh, if I'm correct, you're more than halfway to that goal. Talk about that. We are. And that was, um, I really need to update our, our information and our website because we're actually probably 75% fiber to the home now. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I, that was major milestone. Um, we used to do maybe one large, one and a half, really large um, project a year. And so I said, well, why don't we start breaking them up into smaller ones so that we have smaller wins. You know, so let's do this one serving area or let's do this one street, you know? Um, and so we went from one large project a year to, I think this year we have, well, part of it's adding in a bunch of CLEC stuff, but we have probably 25 major projects going um, to add in fiber and build it out faster and make sure that we, you know, hedge off that competition and that we get faster speeds to our customers who um, desperately need it. And that, you know, we take care of CLAC customers where they don't have good service with another provider, but they just were outside of our boundary. So we've been really working hard the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, and here we've uh, pretty much doubled our construction budget. And so our board and our GM is really hoping that I don't double this year's budget. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty high up there. But um you know, we're kind of trying to find that sweet spot of how to build out as fast as we can sure. while making fiscal sense and hitting the right areas um, to to get the payback also and, and doing that mix of, you know, we'll never see the money back and we'll see it back in three years, <laughs> you know, so that we, we kind of average it out to maybe seven years between all of it. Um, but it's, we have definitely um, seen the need for broadband um, dramatically increase. And that was even before the pandemic. Sure. And when the pandemic hit, um, Lordy mercy, <laughs> as everybody else in the telco industry has seen, you know, bandwidth usage, bandwidth requirements, new customers. Um, we are probably one of the only industries that was thankful for the pandemic, I think. <laughs> well, that, that, that is, that's a silver lining to it, if you can say it, quite honestly. It yeah. Yeah. And that's, we just could not keep up. We threw temporary lines down just because we knew the importance of getting broadband connections to homes that didn't have it for either work, for livelihood, or for schoolwork. Um, so for the first two and a half months, I think we just threw temporary lines on the ground um, until we could get back to them to bury the cable or fiber, depending on where they were. Um, just to get them hooked up and get service so that they could continue school work or continue working from home. So vital. Um, it was. And, yep. you know, thankfully, everybody was very appreciative of, it, appreciative of it and understood that, okay, you're going to come back. It's going to be a while, but hey, I have internet service. So. And that, that was the key so that they could, you know, do the distance learning, take advantage of telehealth, uh, the work from home right down the line that was, you know, exponentially important. Uh, and, and quite honestly, you, you go beyond the impact to uh, the individuals, uh, but the collective benefit long term for the economic survival and viability of communities uh, so directly impacted by the ability to have 
the high speed uh, broadband, and that's that's such a big part of the success of what uh, is being done that at uh, Taylor Telecom, and uh, it's it's great to to learn about that. And much of what we've talked about, Amanda, obviously has been focused on your situation there with with Taylor Telecom, but there are so many aspects of the conversation that are germane to the industry as a whole with regard to talking about the mindset change of being able to uh, be much more visible collectively uh, in the eyes of the competition, uh, knowing that uh, that's going to be important with regard to long-term success. If you would uh, share your thoughts on that. Absolutely. And that's, um, you know, when you look at the big players, AT&T, and even if you just take a look at the wireless side of things, that's probably the easiest one because um, you have the local carriers um, and then you have the big guys. And nobody knows that the local carriers exist anymore unless they are doing advertisement. And it's the same for the telephone co-ops, the same for all ISPs you don't have your name out there, if you don't have that brand recognition, if you're not always in front of people, they don't know that you exist. Um, They, word of mouth will get you somewhere, but it also has to come along with frame of mind and front of mind reference that comes with marketing and um, being in front of people, whether it's just community events. If you just go out and, you know, say, hey, we're gonna have a hot dog, you know, barbecue. Hey, come out, you know, come, come meet and greet that, that goes a long way. If it's supporting football teams or baseball teams or basketball or whatever part of the country you're in, that, that, that is what's in your, your neighborhoods and your um, communities that whatever it is that's important to them, you need to make sure that you support that because they are the ones that support you. And it's still in our case, a co-op, but even if it's a private operation um, that that is who you support and that is your customers. And it's very important to them because, you know, telephone used to be the lifeline and, you know, some argue it still is, and it, it still has its place and its purpose. Certainly. But now is still, it's more the lifeline. That's how people communicate, how they order food, how they order groceries, how they do schoolwork, how they work. So that has replaced the telephone line as to what's vital and important, just as electricity and water. Absolutely. To kind of tie into that, when we went through Snowmageddon or whatever oh, sure. um, back in February, we had customers call us that were upset because they had no power and no water, and they were surprised that they didn't have internet. I'm like, <laughs> well, I know that you need well. electricity to run your internet, right? And they're like, yeah, but you know, I found something to turn the power. I'm like, okay, so you and 8,000 or 20,000 of your closest neighbors don't have electricity? I'm sorry, we don't have electricity either to power yeah. equipment to give you internet, but right. you know, they found a way to power something to turn it on and they were mad that they didn't have internet. Oh my goodness. Um, so so that just goes to show you that how important it is sure. to them. A lot of people will go without water. They'll go without gas <laughs> before they go without internet. Oh, well, I think um, there's, there without question, it's it's the fourth utility. Uh, and, and quite honestly, I think many would, would put it behind only electricity in that, in that ranking, but. Um, absolutely. And that's, um, we've had a lot of people, like I mentioned, kind of in the opening that are moving in from out of state. And I can't even tell you how many times we've had realtors call us or 
people who are trying to buy a house call us and say, do you offer service in this area? Because I don't want to deal with X, Y, Z, or I need fiber. And I know you guys are the only ones that do fiber out in this area. Do you have it? If not, I'm not going to buy that house. Um, which is just a, a mind blowing thing because even just three, four or five years ago, that wasn't a huge deal. It wasn't a deal breaker for buying a house <laughs> if you had fiber. And right. we knew as we knew that the Realtors Associations had that out there that your home uh, value increases, that the likelihood of you selling your house increases if you have fiber connections. And so we used it in our marketing, but you know, we didn't really see it as much here. And the last two years, it's just been crazy how many people call and actually have that conversation with us to say, if you, if you can't bring it to us, if you don't bring it to us, or it's not there, we're not going to buy this house. We'll buy another house somewhere else. I'm like, okay, that's reality. Yeah, that that yeah. is reality though, and that, it, that's that's the case in so many places. And uh, it's interesting that you mention that because uh, we, we take for granted uh, connectivity, the the ability to have broadband, and and that highlights the importance of what is being done with uh, with your fiber to the home uh, expansion and and everything there. And there's so much that we uh, look forward to to covering. Unfortunately, we're we're just about out of time for this visit. I do hope that we can uh, can schedule another visit uh, soon uh, to continue talking about these and other topics. But before I let you go, one final question, and it's something that we, we have a little fun with, but obviously you have a tremendous passion uh, for the industry, for service to the community with what's being done there at Taylor. But if you could jump into the time machine and take yourself back X number of years what would you change about being able to to share the message of what's going on at Taylor? What would that be? Really, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but it really is start thinking about the future, you know, looking at where things are headed and start planning now and start, you know, um, marketing, start getting your name out there because it, it would have saved us so much time and so much money and competition. You know, we'll always have competition, but I don't know that we would have had it as strong had we done the initial stronghold up front. Um, you know, so that, that really is, you know, my biggest um, soapbox that I stand on and why I'm so passionate about it because I'm going, I've seen a lot of companies go out of business. I've seen a lot of them sell. I've seen a lot of them, um, combined with other companies just from working with the billing company. Um, you know, going through that and seeing the employees that have been there 50 years that aren't there anymore or who just retire or no longer have their retirement, you know, that that is where I don't want to be because I still have a couple of years. I'm not going to say how many years before I retire. <laughs> um, that's what I tell all my staff. I said, you know, you guys get to retire in the next five years. I don't. I, I need this company to be around for a long time. And, and vital. Exactly. Vital and productive and healthy. And so the only way you can do that is if you're forward thinking and saying, okay, this this project may not work, but it's okay because I'm I'm trying to do things and, and grow and move and not just be still and stagnant. Um, so that's always what I preach about. So sorry to all the listeners. <laughs> well, you've, got, to you've got to spread the gospel and, and that's, yes. that is a part of it. And uh, we appreciate so much being able to, to learn uh, just a little bit about, uh, you know, your passion for the industry, your passion for what's going on at Taylor Telecom. And congratulations uh, to you and the team there 
for all that you've accomplished, what you continue to accomplish, and what will be a tremendous success we know in going forward. And I very much, uh, Amanda, look forward to our next visit. Can't thank you enough uh, for the time today. It has been a blast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and I definitely look forward to the next one. Absolutely. On behalf of everybody here, thanks for letting us be a part of your day. We'll see you next time right here on the Broadband Bunch. So long, everybody. Bye.